It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. You can find Blackballed on The Ringer NFL feed. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. A Spotify original. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this gonna be the one they don't want to hear, huh? <laughs> huh? Blackness. <laughs> Black and full effect. Blackness pushing buttons, getting blackness back on the pod. Blackness pushing buttons in in NCAA women's tournament games. Two two seven. Oh, my 227 is in the building. You hear me? Shout out to Allison the Bounty Hunter because I was damn sure trying to get Jack A. Harry on the show just to, <laughs> just to set this bitch off the right way, right? Because there's no place like home. I am in a fantastic mood, y'all. I am like, if y'all don't have fun on this pod, then we ain't going to ever, ever, ever have fun ever again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 227. Of the Full Go Podcast <laughs> with Jason Goff. And boy, it, it is so apropos that this is episode 227 with all those beautiful, sassy black women that dominated that show. Marla Gibbs and the likes, Jackie A. Harry and the likes, you know what I'm saying? The old lady that was old my whole life. Shout out mm-hmm. to her. You know what I'm talking about. And Lester, you know. <laughs> and of course, all the other, and Regina King, she was in there, but she was a young lady. You know, but I digress. The voices that you have heard or the giggles that you have already heard are that of the active Jesse Lopez. And of course, 
Ladies and gentlemen, my main man, Tony Gill. No, what the ah, return? Let's go. Yeah. That man pulled an MJ on y'all. <laughs> he took a couple pods off to go play baseball. <laughs> and now he's back. You hear me? Oh, I'm so happy to see y'all smiling faces, man. Today was uh, today was an extraordinary sports day. This weekend was fantastic. I, I got to be honest. How was your weekend? Let's get that off the bat. How was everybody's weekend? Jesse, Tony, would y'all get into this weekend? The people want to know about you. People, suit, people suit care shopping. about your personal lives. Suit shopping. For the wedding, yeah. I got my suit. Mm. Let's go. Let's yep. go. All right. So what are we talking about? Like, well, how are we feeling? Tux you know? or a suit? Oh, it's a suit. It's a suit. Oh, okay. Uh, tux, penguin tails? Like, what are we talking about? Oh, no. About it's here? it's what like a, it's a silver gray tux. I have a black undershirt. And then uh, we're going to be rocking Vans. And then I have my fiance's cousins doing a design. We bought all white Vans and they're going to oh, do like a design on it. Okay. Yeah. So Jesse doing the, 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 the Raiders wedding. You know, no. And no, I'm not even no, a Raider. No, don't don't throw that I, out there. I'm not a Raider. He's about to say, yeah, yeah, no, no typecasting. No, don't throw no that out don't there. T- yeah, I know. It's because I'm Mexican, huh, Jay? Oh, that's, the only Raider fan. That's, a, yeah. that's the only reason I said it. I've been, I've been working with you for 150 plus pods now, and I know you're a 49ers fan, but as soon as you went silver and black, I was like, oh, okay. You know, the Mexican homies <laughs> gathering for Raiders affair. But I had to make sure I was you. protected, you know. Hey, we all do. We all do. And by the way, it's too late for that. This <laughs> is way too late for that, my man. Tony, how was your weekend? You know, your your uh, you know, few days that you had off away from us. How how's everything been with you? Uh, it's been uh it's been a whirlwind, Jay. It's been a whirlwind. I thought last week, last Sunday was gonna be my final episode. It was very yeah, summer. Got and, emotional. We did the, uh, we yeah, did the but, whole Wilson uh, Contreras out here say goodbye two times. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but man, they, how crazy what a week can do. What crazy what a week can do. We're not gonna get into the details, but you know, hey, you know when the Lord's on your side, things tend to work out. So. Oh shit! You know we about to be cooking with gas when Tony <laughs> is dropping the Lord in the first four minutes of this. Bitch. All right, well let me be, let me go ahead and be the heater. Um, yeah, had a great weekend with my little guy. Uh, man, it is tough teaching him about disappointment and about quitting and about not thinking it's the end of the world. Like the kid, he's six years old and he carries the weight of the world on his shoulders if he gets something wrong. And I'm like, hey man, I hope I'm not putting that on you. I hope your your mama not putting that on you. But like, we had a couple of days back to back here where my guy was ready to melt down. And I'm like, hey, is everything okay at school? Like, what what we got going on here? So spring break is going to start this week. He's going to spring break camp. Uh, so that should be fun. You know, daddy got a supply to the, the breakfast and the lunch, and then they'll take care of the snacks. And then we pick them up to do what we got to do. So we're getting ready for that, getting in that zone. Right. And of course, uh, we got some bulls conversation to have with you. Today was the first game that I have missed in like 40, 45 games, something like that. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, Chicago Bulls affair that we will get into at some point on this pod. We will jump into some, uh, some Chicago baseball, right? Because we've seen some things we like, seen some things we like, and a couple of things we don't like on both sides of town. We will do that before we are out of here as well. But I got to start where we have to start. Because for the last three hours, I have been conferring with people in this industry, people I respect, people I know and love. Uh, and and uh, opinions have differed. Um, things have been... Um, Lofted questions, scenarios, 
underlying messages, all these things. I just want to let y'all know, episode 227 of the Full Go Podcast, here is the disclaimer. If you are an uncool, older white gentleman or older thinking white gentleman, this pod may be a little offensive, okay? If you are one of the cooler white gentlemen that I, uh, you know, find myself around more often than not, uh, you're going to sit back and laugh, right? You're going to have a good time with this one. Because, and you might say, damn, Jay, you're starting like that? Yes, I am starting like that. Because the only people, (laughs) the only people that I've seen, and I've seen a couple of, you know, couple of the bots out there, you know, so a couple of the, couple of the brothers who just, you know, you know, hold down the gun line for everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Tell them about the gun line, boss. You know who I'm talking to. Um, hey, man, I didn't know you guys were this into women's college basketball. I didn't know because a pot ago, I was sitting here telling y'all that the women's final four was going to trump double entendre, don't ask me how. But I was telling y'all that the women's Final Four was going to trump the men's Final Four. And I was right. I was right. Because guess what? We got Don Staley and the South Carolina Gamecocks going at it against Caitlin Clark, who I've been talking about on this pod, and even before I had this pod. Caitlin Clark has been a star. A damn star since the moment she touched down in Iowa City. I love her game, right? I love her swag. There are also some things about Caitlin Clark that I find very, very obvious. You know, the, the, the fact that she talks that effusively about her teammates and can't wait to redirect it towards the coach and the team. Like, oh, I see you, CC. I see what you're doing. You're doing the step. She's pulling the Steph Curry. She's been pulling the Steph Curry for three years now. She's been pulling the Steph for a minute now. Where it's like, oh, look at Caitlin Clark. She's just dropping bombs on people. She's so amazing. She's so cuddly. Look at her talk about her teammates. Look how classy she is. Right? And all those things can be true. But she's been wilding. And been wilding for a while now. And we dog walk your whole team. And we've loved it. We've <laughs> loved every second of it. Like on some real shit. Let's, you know, can we really talk like we're supposed to on this pod? Finally, yo, man, when black people see a white person who can ball and like ball on a level where it's undeniable, we're like, oh, no, no, she, you know, that's that shit right there. Like, you you come on through. You, you part of the family. You down with what we down with. You understand the sweet science, you know, and not, I'm not talking about boxing. I'm talking about shot making. I'm talking about putting a foot on a motherfucker's neck, which is what she has been doing for three years now. Right? Shout out to Lisa Bluter. I actually interviewed Lisa Bluter back in my Big Ten radio days. Couldn't be nicer, right? Now, of course, something's going to come out and people are going to be like, yeah, Jason, you were wrong about this person. That's fine. You go ahead and do your Googles all you want. If you if you throw something at me, I'm going to say I never said it and erase this pod immediately. But we've been watching Caitlin Clark act up on people for a minute now. And this there's so many things involved in this Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, LSU, national champion situation. So many things. Let's jump into the game first, right? Now, from my vantage point, (laughs) people are upset that Kim Mulkey didn't get a technical for bumping an official. 
I, I, I got no problem with y'all saying that. No problem. I'm not a big fan of Kim Mulkey at all. And you can look up all the reasons why. And if you don't have time to look them up, go ahead and put Kim Mulkey, Brittany Griner into a search. Not only the things she didn't have to say about Brittany Griner, who is the reason why Kim Mulkey was so successful at Baylor, or a huge reason why she was so successful at Baylor. When Brittany Griner got arrested in Russia, Kim Mulkey's silence was deafening. And Kim Mulkey's leanings, if you really want to go ahead and look them up, I, you can probably guess. Kim Mulkey is pretty much the female Dabo Swinney. Okay? Can't wait to make money off these players' back. Can't wait also to make sure that these players don't get the fair credit that they deserve and also want to live the lives that they have. Because she allegedly told Brittany Griner that her coming out while she was on campus would hurt recruiting and also told other players, allegedly, that if they did the same, that it wouldn't be the best thing for the Baylor Bears. Now, I don't know how she's moving around at LSU, but you can go ahead and look into that on your own. She also tried to get Kate Fagan fired from ESPN when that news came out, when she asked Brittany Griner about her time with Kim Mulkey. Kim Mulkey is a lot of the things that I am not a fan of when it comes to college sports. A lot of the things. She dresses like a pimp on the sidelines, which is hilarious to me, right? She is probably the most flamboyant dresser in all of college basketball. So if you're mad that she didn't get a technical during the game, fine, whatevs. If you're mad that Kaitlyn Clark got a technical during that game, fine, whatevs. They gave up 102 points in regulation, 102. The LSU women's team deserved to win the national championship. But of course, at the end of the game, when, when, when Angel Reese is chasing her around, because that's the other thing too, Chase is being thrown out there. This is some very loaded wording, chasing her around and doing John Cena in her face that you can't see me. By the way, this is for the older white gentleman who doesn't have a frame of reference or, or, or understand the cultural importance. By the John Cena didn't come up with that. This is for all y'all out there, and also for the wrestling nerds out there who think that everything emanates from wrestling. Tony Yayo of the G-Unit crew came up with that. And John Cena saw it, jacked it, the way other things culturally have been jacked before, and made it a thing. But please believe the roots are in hip-hop. So that's that. Caitlin Clark has run around doing this the entire basketball season. To people say to the crowd, and to and to you know in the in the direction of the team, but never in anyone's face. Bullshit. Go back and watch that at Louisville game. The the young lady who was getting on everybody's goddamn nerves. The the, the I forget her name. The little blonde point guard, little spunky, little little you know go getter, little female Steve Wojciechowski. Kaylin Clark walked past that woman and did that in her face. Did the whole you can't see me gesture in her face. So now, when Angel Reese does it to Kaylin Clark in the championship moments, ooh-wee, there is a firestorm and no one gets alerted like Iowa Hawkeyes fans, whether it be football, men's basketball, and now college women's basketball. You just had Megan Gustafson do her thing for four years. You had one of the greatest players in Big Ten history in, uh, in recent 
in recent vintage. Like, this is, what, four or five years ago? Now you get another one, and you still don't know how to act. No one is taking anything from Caitlin Clark, but I got I to gotta holler at y'all. I got to holler at yeah, Her name is Haley Van. Haley Van Lith? Haley Van Lith from Louisville. That's the young lady who, who Caitlin Clark's You Can't See Me gestures were, were aimed towards. But I really got to holler at y'all about what the underlying shit is here. Y'all ain't talking about sportsmanship because everybody, oh, it's, it's classless. Angel Reese was classless. Nobody's watching this because of Angel Reese. You, are you out your goddamn mind? Bayou Barbie has been a thing this entire women's college basketball season. A thing. And Caitlin Clark has been a thing for two and a half years now. So let's, 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 the underpinning of this, like any boxing match that we have ever seen, let's stop playing around with it. There is a, a, a terrific white basketball player and a terrific black basketball player with a team that is front-facing black. Okay? You got the Boston Celtics against the Los Angeles Lakers. Hmm, right? wonder where, where, where we've seen this before. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Like, huh? what, like, what the fuck are we talking about? You got Duke versus UNLV. So for everybody out there that's like, all right, I don't know what anybody's, what, what are we talking about here? This is, this is sports. This isn't a, get, get the fuck out of here. Miami, anybody, Notre Dame. It, yes, exactly. Catholics versus criminals. Stop playing with it like it's not what it is. And anybody that I know that was watching that game <laughs> that, that didn't know shit about either one of these teams saw the makeup <laughs> of both squads and, and chose from there. I'm seeing people that I've never heard talk or seen type about Caitlin Clark all of a sudden talking about class personified and, and you know, this is what you want to teach your kids to be. If you want to teach your kids to be the person who lose in a champion. This is all, also, by the way, the same people who can't wait to wipe their faces with the ball sweat of Michael Jordan and the most vindictive athlete almost of all time. The, sh- the most shit-talkingest and most, like, punching-down athlete of all time but are going after this young lady. And, and, and you know what? I'll even give y'all this. She went a little ham. She went ham. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not like it's not like she didn't try to make this a thing. She went ham. But they're competing. They're competitors. And guess what now? They getting paid for it. If you think Caitlin Clark is just running around, and I know she's doing a lot of charitable work. Like I think she's doing something for a food bank in Iowa City. And she, you know, they, they wanted to do an NIL deal with her. And she's doing it all for free, right? But don't get it twisted. Caitlin Clark ain't running around Iowa City just eating ramen noodles, okay? College basketball should be paying her. <laughs> and, 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 and next year, for all the idiots out there that are running around saying, well, this is, this is horrible for the game. I, I, I don't know how people are going to bounce back from this. Get, shut the fuck up. We're about to tune in. To LSU and Iowa games all the way into the end next year. This is the greatest thing that could have happened for women's college basketball, for casual fans, and for fans who've been waiting for you to pull up a chair because this game has been better than the men's college game for the last couple of years. And I also want to mention Don Staley. 
Because on the heels of what Dawn Staley had to say about how people are depicting her girls and depicting her team and the shit talking that goes on in these media circles that that has now come back to her because y'all can't hold water. Like, yeah, man. The very next game, it comes to fruition. You bring it to light. So I am all the way in that young lady's corner. Did she act immaturely? 20-year-old college kid. She's a 20-year-old fucking college. You know what I was doing in college? I only spent one year on the campus of Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. Do you know the shit I was engaging in in college? Man, doing the you-can't-see-me gesture is something that my mother wished for and prayed and hoped for. Do you know what was happening on that campus? What? Was, what? So for all these grown, and, and I'm sorry, I'm just talking about the sample size that I have engaged with and the sample size that has uh, messaged me. <laughs> so for all you old ass, lame ass, uncool, not with it, LDE, if I may add, <laughs> old fogies out there. Hey, man, this ain't about that. You know what it's about? And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. This is about everybody's issue with assertive women. And I'm going to take it a step further. This is about everybody's issue with assertive black women. These are the same dudes who can't get checked by a black woman in the office. These are the same dudes who, when a black woman is speaking her mind and speaking her peace, they can't wait to point out all the other shit that is ancillary and not germane to the topic. These are the same dudes who want to low probably fantasize about these same black women. But these are the same dudes who can't wait to bring up bullshit. Let me tell y'all something right now. Why is it okay? when dudes are jawing back and forth with each other and face-to-face and can't wait to celebrate the Xavier McDaniel-Michael Jordan, you know, uh, interaction and, can't, oh, 90s basketball when the games were low-scoring and people got punched in the... These are the same men. But when ladies engage in it, oh, hold on now, show some class. <laughs> show some class. And you know the part that I love the most about it? This isn't a woman who y'all can make fun of her appearance. That's the other that's the other underlying factor here. Because the same way you motherfuckers was calling Meg the Stallion trashy and all this other shit during her first pitch. Yeah, that young lady is out there as beautiful as she is, as talented as she is with them big old eyelashes and she's made up and that hair flowing everywhere. She is out there living her true self straight from Baltimore. It's the shit that you would pat on the back if it was a man. It's the shit that you would call tough and celebrate at every level. Oh, I, I need a tough guy like that. I need, a, I need an ass kicker like that. Let a lady do it. You motherfuckers, tuck your tails and run like the bitches y'all are. Or you jump in my DMs and tell me about class and sportsmanship and all this other fucking foolishness. I had a dude had the nerve to come at me and say that, well, when, when we sit down with our children, we're going to talk to them about being a good sport. And uh, you know, sit down and talk to them about Kim Mulkey, too. Don't, don't let the conversation stop at Angel Reese. 
sit down and have a good conversation about what the coach of that basketball team is engaging in. And also some very smart people as well who are showing their ass on this thing, on the old Twitters. Yeah. People who you're like, oh, I was just waiting on it. I'm glad it came, though. Yeah, man. This ain't about that young lady, and it's not about Caitlin Clark either. You get emasculated when you see a woman acting as if she were a man. That's all that is. That's all that is. You have problems with assertive, strong, tough, you know, uh, verbose. (laughs) Y'all have problems with those kind of women. And it's cool. They're not for you. You know, I can understand. But don't project so much. Don't make this about something that it's not. It ain't about her doing that shit in Caitlin Clark's face. You don't give a fuck about Caitlin Clark. Because if you did, you'd implore her to stop doing it. Right? If you truly care. This reminds me of all the other stories where these type of men parachute in on conversations that they know they really want to get some shit off, but they, they, they not, they're not, you know, mad enough to actually stand in it. It reminds me of every single instance, whether it be the Jackie Robinson West stuff here from a few years ago or or anytime something happens with a black athlete and and you don't know how to phrase it or don't know what to say. So you just go for whatever tropes that you could throw out there. Man, we tired of that shit. And guess what? You, you in this new age, you aren't the arbiter of class anymore. You can create those narratives and write those headlines and, 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 and cheer on the, the behavior that you thought was becoming of college sports before because everybody got a microphone now. <laughs> everybody got a podcast now. Everybody has a show now. And that everybody is including in women and minorities as well. But I just found it very, very interesting that the the large majority, and I'm talking about maybe all but like three or four people that I saw were old, in my opinion, uncool, <laughs> and backward-thinking white men. The cool ones just sat back and laughed at that shit. <laughs> the cool ones <laughs> understood like, ah, oh, they just talking shit to each other. That's just how it goes. It's basketball. You know, she just won a championship. She could do whatever the hell she want in this moment. No, you can't. No, you you can't do that because I didn't win enough in my life and I played it the right way the whole time. I, I, I've walked over and shake it, shook the hands of, of my opponents. Cool. That's you. That's you. Like, yeah, I act like Angel Reese was just like, uh, just ran up on the, the, the uh, least known <laughs> um, the, 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 the person with the least history, um, like she was punching down. That is the best college basketball player we have seen the last two years running. Talking shit to everybody and backing it up. That's the other thing. This young woman, it, why y'all caping for her? She know how cold she is. She knows she about to be in this same position next year. And That's when she come out, that. what's that? that? I thought it was massively disrespectful to Caitlin. Like, yeah. I, she, Caitlin's a dog. She's a dog out here. Yeah. Like, she knows like how to handle herself. And, and in the post game, she handled it well. She can dish it, but she also can take it. Because she understands at this level, at where she's at, if somebody is matching her compete level, her skill level, her talent level, she's got to respect that. And that's what true ones do. That's what elite athletes do. Yo, 
I'm here to be entertained. Save all your bullshit storylines and 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 cautionary tales and and uh, you know um, teaching moments. I'm here to be entertained, and I was thoroughly entertained. And if you weren't, it ain't for you. But it's gone from it wasn't for me to all of a sudden decrying this young lady who is, by the way, I don't think of drinking age yet, right? Of, of legal drinking yet. Like, we're still talking about a young adult in college. The people that we can't wait to, oh, you know, we, we, you can't even interview these people half the time, right? We don't get their thoughts very often. We don't get to know who they are. This young lady is from the Baltimore area of Maryland, okay? Goes to the University of Maryland, transfers to LSU, and a national championship follows her. It's the first time that the LSU Lady Tigers have won a national championship in basketball. And you mean to tell me after she slayed the giant? That's the other thing, too. That's the other. Don't, don't let the stature fool you either. She slayed the giant. They slayed the giant. Y'all can run around and act like, you know, this, they just beat up on some, some, you know, church choir all you want. Oh, Grady. And, and, and the girl with the S, the, the, the refrigerator, you know, shaped lady that was out there just throwing bowls and getting whatever, wherever she wanted in the post, was doing work. And she fouled out after a great career. Listen, there's some dogs over there in Iowa. Some absolute dogs. Beat a team that I didn't think they would beat in South Carolina. So, yeah, man. <laughs> Caitlin Clark's still cold. Right? The LSU Lady Tigers still going to be the champions. Kim Mulkey's still going to be weird as hell. <laughs> and it looks like y'all still going to be lame. <laughs> because, boy, and I can't wait. The think pieces are about to flow. Hey, everybody who's, that's their business, right? Like, everybody who, you know, who makes their money that way, oh, it's about to happen. It's about it's to be... I, it's their hard on as soon as that happens. Oh, oh, oh. I don't even <laughs> want to say the names, but you know the names. You know who they are. You know where they who they work for, and you know what's about to happen. Oh my God! You, what? <laughs> you thought it was some weird shit happening before? It, this is material for the next two weeks for these motherfuckers. This is about to be nasty out here in these streets. Talking about young adults. So yeah, Angel Reese. Get your shit off. Enjoy your time. It's going to be a parade in your city, as they say. Have a blast with it. Keep talking that shit. Keep being the young queen that you are. Hey, by the way, Jasmine Carson, freshman, going for 21, right? Alexis Morris going out there, locking up. Like, it's some players on that team. They deserve the national championship that they won. Caitlin Clark deserves all the the fanfare and the glory that she will get. But just watch who is about to exalt her, who never did before. Just watch who is about to bring her up, who never did before. She is only now, and Angel Reese is only now the vessel. They are the vessel for people's bullshit. And I see it, and I know what's coming. But man, y'all should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> y'all, y'all are taking two competitors going at it on a national stage for the highest honor in their sport at their level and made it about yourselves. If you can't deal with assertive 
strong, verbose, brash, aggressive, whatever you want to call it, whatever adjective you want to put on it. If you can't deal with those kind of women, because we've all, you know, I mean, let's face it, you're talking to two brothers and a Mexican on this pod. You know, I mean, that's the name of the, the, the spinoff pod, by the way, two brothers and a Mexican. Um, <laughs> it's going to do a little, it's going to, it's going to do less, slightly less numbers than two and a half minutes. Oh, no, wait, let, let's just make this a little more PC. Two brothers and a Latino. Ooh. Oh, you know what? No, hold on. Even better. Two amigos. Ah, and a Latino. See, look at Arthur see, Manos that, and amigos. There you go. See, look at him. There you you go. Know, the, the, the second and the third version, he already put on Telemundo. <laughs> he didn't even wait. He didn't even wait. He just he just immediately threw us in there. Now all of a sudden, me and Tony got to pretend like we Dominican when we walk through these streets. See? See what you did to us just now? I mean, you're partly there, Jay. Believe, yeah, I was believe saying, me. Yeah, I, I, knew I, that was I got a long way to go. <laughs> I knew that was coming. You, you probably don't have a lot, as much as you need. You know, you look like a little poppy kind of vibe, so you good. Oh, you oh good. yeah, definitely. I went to Puerto Rico for my, uh, for my honeymoon. People were initially talking to me in Spanish. I'm like, oh, I know I'm on the diaspora. But yeah. uh, I, I, I yeah. don't speak the language. I'm sorry. Yeah. You had to go to your Google Translator just to order a beverage, didn't you? Right. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. But I'm just saying, man, like, we, we've dealt with, um, shall I say, these type of women. <laughs> we've dealt with the, the strong, assertive, um, not scared to verbalize how they feel about things women. So maybe it's frame of reference. Maybe it's where you're from, or maybe it's just you being a fucking chump. How about that? How about that? Let these ladies get it on the same way y'all let the dudes get it on. Okay? You ain't even got to throw out the R word. We got to get past the S word first. Because y'all showed y'all ass. And you can continue to. And I'm going to watch and laugh from afar. Because I am no longer getting entangled in this situation after this pod. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. All right, so we got our first weekend of Chicago baseball under our belts. And the Dansby Swanson fears can go away. <laughs> that man has been hitting everything in sight <laughs> the first few games of his Cubs career. The problem is, uh, everyone after Dansby is not hitting anything in sight. Um, you know, shout out to our guy, Patty Knowledge, Patrick Wisdom. Guy went deep all the Milwaukee Brewers today as we're taping right, at 10 o'clock on Sunday night. Um, the Cubs picking up the baseball, doing what they're supposed to do. They're pitching. Jamison Tyone, you know, if Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks are going to be your one and two, then you're going to need a stronger three and four. Uh, but we'll see. But as long as as long as you're hitting and as long as Dansby Swanson is hitting the way he is to start this thing, which I know a lot of Cubs fans were very, very um, they had a lot of trepidation about, especially because of spring training and you know, Cubs fans. 
still might be gun shy when it comes to free agent signings and guys not performing the way that you would like them to perform. So uh, shout out to Danzy Swanson and, and, and the Cubs thing is getting off to the start that I think everybody kind of thought it would. Uh, and on the South side, hey man, you, you go up against the world champions and you acquit yourself nicely. You know, the starting pitching had looked as, as I think as decent as you would expect it to look. Um, Lance Lynn was hard on himself, but I didn't think he pitched a bad ball game at all. He kept his team in the game. The bullpen got their ass rocked, right? Lucas Giolito comes out with another solid outing. Bullpen does what they do. And then Mike Clevenger comes out and pitches some terrific baseball, even if you don't like him. So I'm not, I'm not really dismayed about anything I've seen so far, other than the Sox can't hit with runners in scoring position, which I've been used to for the last couple of years. Um, at some point, because I know they, they've got Castro as their new hitting coach, but at some point, we're going to... We're just going to talk about approaches because if you change people out and dudes are still having the same approach at the plate and, you know, hitting so much top spin on the ball because they're swinging off the top of the ball. And, and the high slider, by the way, and this Houston Astros series, I don't know what Justin Verlander left with that, uh, with that Houston Astros pitching staff, but he's one of the few guys that I saw uh, consistently get away, not even get away, execute high sliders in, in you know, pitchers' counts. And, and hitters counts, too, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, Framber Valdez did it. Uh, Vasquez, the second game, did it. I mean, the high slider got the, the Sox four through seven hitters out at a rate that I was like, okay, this is, this is obviously a hole in the scouting report. This is obviously something that has been said about these guys. And, and you know, shout out to Andrew Benintendi. I thought he showed himself the way he was supposed to in his Sox debut, Sox series debut. Um, played a, a pretty good left field as well. I'm not mad about anything that I've seen baseball-wise these first seven games or so, both teams, north and south sides. Pedro Grifol hasn't had to overmanage or outmanage anybody as of yet. Um, it's been push-button managing from this point. And, and he actually mentioned it. Like, his land, lineup's going to be pretty static. He's not going to be messing around every single day with it and putting this guy here, putting this guy there. Oscar Colas hasn't, he doesn't look like he doesn't belong, right? He looks like he should be out there. You know, made a pretty damn good catch. And, oh my God, by the way, the Luis Robert catch, if you haven't seen it, go out there and check it out, man. Like for all the the head scratching and all the 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 eye rolling that I do when it comes to Luis Robert, man, that dude could pick him up and put him down. That dude can go get the baseball. He is a beautiful athlete to watch, man. Like, on another level. Like, on some Bo Jackson shit when he's running, he's running around out there. Like, it is. To see a man that big have that quick a first step, that great a burst, that much athleticism, if he can only, because he can't steal first, but if he can only get his ass on base, man, like, this is this team, this team's got some runners on it. You know, you saw Tim Anderson mess around and, get the base pass hot early on in this series. Luis Robert, if he can get on base with any consistency, is a guy with the bigger bases and, you know, the disengagement rules that we now have in baseball and the and throwover rules and the pitch clock rules that actually change decision-making when it comes to the running game. These are the things that teams are going to have to build their, themselves uh, for and, and with going forward. So Luis Robert, hey, dude, take, take the B-hack. You know, you owe two. Choke up a little bit. <laughs> Don't swing at anything at your eyes. Don't swing at anything near your toes. Like, his plate discipline is the only thing 
that is keeping him from being a superstar. And I'm sure we said that about players before, not just with the White Sox, but in baseball, period. But watching him play in the outfield and understanding the juice that is in that bat when he gets a hold of him, it's like, come on, man. Come on, dog. Like, <laughs> just get yourself in hitter's counts and go crazy. The problem is that man gets to the plate and it's 0-1 or it's 1-2. Like, he, he comes up there with one strike. Like, it's softball rules. And I think we did see the, um, the hole that Jose Abreu left because as good as Andrew Vaughn will be and people think he is now, there's certain, there's certain dudes who in RBI situations just are different. And Jose Abreu has been that for a while. Now, people who have wanted to move on from Jose Abreu for the last couple of years, you got your wish, and now you got a guy who, uh, in Andrew Vaughn, that people in the Sox organization think is going to be very special. But there are going to be some moments where Jose Abreu used to drive in runs at a, at a crazy clip that you're going to expect Andrew Vaughn, especially at that position, to do. I hope he can live up to it because this team's going to need every run they can get. I still see um, some baseball IQ issues out there, base running-wise. And Pedro Grifo can only do so much. <laughs> you can't bench, you know, three guys in a lineup because it seemingly are is a rotating basis of three dudes who are not running the bases well or not doing what they need to do with runners in scoring position. But the bullpen and the runners in scoring position thing gonna bother me until they get fixed. But it's way too early to panic about anything on either side of town. I'm down. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the weather changing here soon and getting out to the ballpark and interacting with the folks. I think Monday I'm, I'm going to head out and go stop in on some old, some old homies uh, who, who are going to be out at Guaranteed Rate Field. So looking forward to it, man. But the, the baseball season has given me everything that I wanted it to give me. Um, I didn't have to pay crazy attention to it while watching the games because other stuff is going on. And, you know, you guys are upset about women's basketball all of a sudden. So that, that really was, uh, that really was eye-opening. But yeah. Coach fans, Sox fans, you're right where you need to be. Sox fans, you're feeling like you need the Pepto-Bismol every single game, which is right where we need to be. And Cubs fans, Dansby Swanson is hitting. That's all you can ask for right now. You get, say, Suzuki back healthy. Um, hopefully, Cody Bellinger can turn into what he was two or three years ago. And if not, it's a, a low-risk, high-reward move that you can move on from at some point during the season. But this is... Um, this is this is interesting because Cubs fans have been talking leading up to this season like this team was supposed to make a little bit of noise. Not not a lot of noise, but have interesting baseball down the stretch, right? And we'll see. Um, I still worry about their pitching, the back half of that staff. I still worry about um, their, their bullpen, I think, is better than some believe. And defensively, I think they're going to pick up the ball. I, I think run prevention is the name of the game for the Cubs. They got a lot of ground ball pitchers, and you saw that this first series against the Milwaukee Brewers. Ball didn't get in the air a whole hell of a lot. So I, I think both sides of town right now just feeling it out, you know, jabbing with the baseball season right now, waiting for the haymakers and the right crosses to come. So keep up the good work, baseball. <laughs> Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So the Bulls have issues guarding the three-point arc. And the last few games have really, really magnified that. And we're at this point of the season now where we're trying to figure out what we're watching and why we're watching it. Um, this team is going to make the play-in tournament. It's going, like, they're, they're three games ahead last time I looked. 
of the next closest team, which is the Indiana Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. Washington Wizards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, behind the Toronto Raptors, behind the Atlanta Hawks, behind the Miami Heat. Bulls going to have to win two games to get into the playoffs. Uh, I think they will be firmly planted in the play-in. What we've seen from Zach Levine in the month of March has been nothing short of sensational. Um, I, I think this Memphis Grizzlies game was, uh, was an interesting eye-opener into how important these young kids have been and the need for them to be this important early on in the season and them not living up to it, so to speak. I, I can't say enough how happy I am for Kobe White. Um, he has played at a level that warrants the seventh pick in the NBA draft, warrants an extension coming up here soon, and also warrants some conversation about his best role with this team. Because he's turned himself into a reliable point guard. He's turned himself into a really decent, really you know, burgeoning on really good lead guard. But point guard duties, I mean, the man is defending the toughest position on the floor, night in and night out. He's on everybody's point guard. They're not, if you notice, they're not putting him on wings. They're putting him on lead ball handler. And he is up to the task. Like I, the transformation that this young man has gone through these last couple of years, especially with his name being thrown about in trade talks and, you know, the market and who you're going to move to get a, another piece. It was always Kobe's name that came up because seemingly he didn't have a spot here. He didn't fit uh, the experiment that they did with him at the point guard position failed. Uh, and his confidence, while it may have wavered, it was never crushed enough that he didn't work on his game. And for everybody out there who wonders, like, oh, when you see these Instagram videos and you see these open runs, yeah, that's what's supposed to be happening. You're supposed to be doing all that. So when you get into the season, at this point in the season, your confidence is meeting your skill level. And your skill level is meeting the opportunity. And that's what's happening with Kobe White. If nobody's watching right now, Kobe White at both ends of the floor is affecting games. They were down by 23 points at one point to the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis came out and hit every three-pointer they possibly did. I think they went 10 for their first 16 from three. Everybody was hitting shots. Desmond Bain out there looking like a running back, knocking down shots. Hell, John Morant, who that's not even a specialty, knocked down a couple in the first. They gave up 70 points in the first half. And I was wondering, okay, what's going to give here? Because we've seen them get, get their doors blown off and you know, second half just started. It was like, all right, more of the same. But that young group, this last week and a half, two weeks, if you've noticed, that young group has come in there and saved their ass a couple of times. They're pushing the basketball. They're defending at a high level. I thought Patrick Williams had a fine basketball game against the Memphis Grizzlies. I thought Zach Levine was outstanding down the stretch, absolutely outstanding, in a way that only a slasher and a, and a you know, a volume scorer can be outstanding. And playmaking-wise, running the break, I mean, he was a point guard on the break a couple of times, hit Alex Caruso for a nifty layup, hit Kobe White for a dunk. It's one of three, you know, one of, one of three for the year for, for Kobe. You're going to get two or three in the year. And he, he hammered one down against the Grizzlies. But Zach did his thing, and then DeMar kind of, you know, Messed around there late in the fourth quarter. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to mess around and get my shots up. Y'all please believe that. 
It was a it was an encouraging, entertaining win. The portents of it all. I mean, in the end, they still got to win two games in the play-in tournament to get to the playoffs. I you know, I, I think they can blow two teams out. I think they can get blown out by two teams. It, it's it's a coin toss on this year, but to watch. These young dudes come of age in the way that they are, and especially Kobe White. And I keep harping on this because of it, because of its importance. Because if we shit on these dudes not developing or waiting to go somewhere else to develop, then we got to give them credit when they're here doing it too. And and I think Mo Cheeks and Billy Donovan have been terrific for Kobe White. I think Kobe White's psyche, the way he is built um, since he's been here, has been a you know, some people might mistake him for nonchalant, but he's he's an even keel cat who's been through some things in his young life, who understands their hard work, you know, the process, all those cliche and, and buzzwords. They're not cliches and they're not buzzwords. If you keep playing and you keep practicing and you keep trying to get better, it's going to come out at some point, whether it's here or somewhere else. And the man messed around and got paid this season. He messed around and did exactly what he had to do. Now, Ayodesumo, on the other hand, seems like a man without a team. It's going to be interesting to see how that thing shakes out. But, I, you know, there, there are no grand pronouncements from this Memphis Grizzlies win. They beat a really good team with their players. Got Jaron Jackson in foul trouble, right? Like Dylan Brooks went crazy in the first half. Market correction in the second half. Like, they did and withstood every blow that they usually don't withstand. They went from down 23 to winning by a dub. It's not much more you can ask for. I would love to see them come out a little bit hotter. I would love to see them defend the three-point arc a lot better. Problem is, you don't have enough guys on the court that are going to give you multiple efforts. It's as simple as that. We can fuck around and talk all this shit about guys getting hot. and You know, when people are hot, well, you know, what are you going to do? Nah, that throw your hands up in the air shit and wave them like you just don't care. Ain't my vibe. There's always something you can do on a basketball court to dissuade a team from scoring on you at a high clip. So they have to figure that out. And they got a few games to do so. And going into next year, if this roster is the same, we will have the same issues. But yeah, I, I was encouraged by the Bulls winning against the Grizzlies, entertained by the game. Because that's, I mean, that's why we're here now. <laughs> and that's, that's what the rest of this season is about. Entertainment. I'm not, this season doesn't have championship written on it, doesn't have long playoff run written on it. This season for me, the rest of this season is, can you entertain me night to night? Three games left, five games left, whatever the case may be, playing-wise, entertain me. I know you're not a champion. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm also sitting here thinking about what this is going to be going into the offseason, and I can't stop thinking about it. Because the way Zach's playing, the way DeMar's playing, the way Vooch is playing, the way Kobe is playing, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to get fooled and, and run this thing on back. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No. I wonder if they're going to run this thing back, Mm-mm. man. <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the issue with them playing like this and beating Memphis late in the season is they're going to trick themselves into thinking that this is, oh, yeah, we can keep it. Remember that last 10-game stretch? That That's enough evidence post all-star break, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, nah, yeah. man. No, I'm, yeah. I'm good. This is this is strictly for entertainment purposes only. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's Please, it. I do not want this back. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, I think I think uh, everybody's with you. I think there needs to be a uh, a call to attention. I think they need to put some more urgent people in that locker room. I mean, the fact that that Patrick Beverly has come in there and and people are acting as if <laughs> the you know the um, the Messiah of urgency has has landed upon them. I mean, this is how you're supposed to move anyway. This is how you're supposed to interact. This is how you're supposed to feel after losses. You know, this is this is what you're supposed to do once somebody's getting in your ass. You're supposed to, you're supposed to hit them back. So, um, I think we're watching the uh, the build out for next year. Maybe there'll be some small moves made here or there. We'll monitor the Vooch situation, but shout out to Kobe White. Shout out to Zach Levine for playing his ass off in the month of March. Um, I, I I hope at some point this hierarchy is is kind of restated or recalibrated. In terms of who's the man down the stretch, who, who who's the player getting the most shots and all this other stuff, because obviously it's 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 had mixed results, it's, it's had middling results, it's had five hundred and play-in results. So yeah, man, you can't all put it on the young players. This is this is about your three best players. This is about your coach. And this is about your architect. And going forward. Teams like the Memphis Grizzlies and beating teams like the Boston Celtics and facing up with with Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers, as we've mentioned before on this pod, all you're doing is showing the baseline and the standard that you should be held to and the standard that you will be graded on this offseason. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hey guys, this is Ozzy Guille, and you are listening to the full go with Jason Goff on The Ringer in a spot five. You know, we've got an epidemic on our hands. And I don't know if you guys have been watching, but as of late, there are athletes who are engaging with fans and they're either getting them thrown out or in Anthony Rendon's case, they are walking into the, up to the stands. I won't say into the stands, walking up to the stands and getting a, a, a fistful of T-shirt. Um, if you don't know, Kyrie Irving over the last week and a half has gotten two fans kicked out of games. One of them was wearing a Washington Commanders hat, but not the Commanders, if you know what I mean, like wearing the old logo, uh, the one that we don't name because of how uh, slurtastic it is. And then Russell Westbrook got somebody kicked out, I believe, last week as well. I just. I, and, and who are we to talk, right, as Sox fans? Um, <laughs> Shout out to the Legue family. Shout out to the two different instances where Sox fans have run onto the field to fight first base coaches and anybody else who was actually participating in the actual event. You know, I found it hilarious because I uh, I commented on 
the Levitard Show's Instagram page. And, and I, whenever I comment on anything, I hate myself for it because I think I'm just messing around, commenting and saying what everybody should feel. And then I find out that there are angry, angry people out there in the world who don't have lives and uh, who have that LDE that we were speaking of earlier on. These are the same people, by the way. This whole podcast is about you. Um, I never have gone to sporting events, either as a child, young adult, or adult, to boo or interact in that way. Um, I don't begrudge people who boo. I just, I don't get much out of it. Um, I don't think that they can hear me, nor that does my boo really matter in the green, grand scheme of things. Um, I don't like being a part of the event if I'm paying for it. I like to actually let the event happen. I clap, I cheer, right? And if I don't like what I'm seeing, I'll leave. But there is a certain section of fandom who believe that it is their right to just say whatever the fuck they want to say to these athletes. And I don't get it. I don't get it. There is, and I, and I continuously mention it, there is an, uh, a cowardice and anonymity in sports fans that is bewildering to me. There is a, a lack of accountability in male sports fans that is astounding to me because these are the same guys who can't wait to say, well, they're millionaires and you're playing a kid's game and you know, you're proving a person's point if they call you a bitch and you respond to it in that manner. And all I want to say is, how often did you get called a bitch in your life that this is your stance? And what kind of behavior were you exhibiting that, that this was okay to happen repeatedly enough to you that you say, oh, this is just the way of the world? And yeah, we can get to the whole disrespect thing because there's a different conversation there, you know, drawing off a of disrespect, right? And the, the, the things that you are willing to do in the name of quote-unquote disrespect. I always say this, man, fighting is a business decision. Understand what's happening once you engage in it after a certain age. Understand what the ramifications may be. And once you understand that, it may go for broke. But what I will tell y'all is not everybody's playing by the same rules as y'all. And I keep mentioning this. There, are, there is a certain section of men who think that they can just say whatever they want to say to people. And then when they find out, are thoroughly surprised. And then when they find out, the people who engage in the same sucker-ass activity can't wait to run to their keyboards and their phones to go cape up and save them. Why are you saving a coward? Why are you uh, aligning yourself? Why, why are you empathetic to a coward? I, I just, I, I don't get it. Calling a man a bitch for two and a half hours from a seat that you bought and then having said man tell the officials to remove you or in Anthony Rendon's case of the Angels, because I believe he was in Fenway when this happened, if I'm not mistaken. Oakland. He was in Oakland. He was in Oakland. My bad. Having Anthony Rendon walk past that you're so close that he knows who you are. And he gets a fistful of your shirt, which might have been overboard. I'm not tripping, right? And, and Anthony Rendon's going to have to deal with whatever he's going to have to deal with. 
but also understand there are consequences to every action. And you don't get to legislate the reactions. <laughs> like, what world are we living in? Like, talk shit, get hit has been something that I have known since I was gay high. And once again, maybe it's frame of reference. Once again, maybe it's, you know, uh, background. <laughs> once, maybe it's cultural differences. And I, you know, I put the air quotes on cultural differences. But who raised y'all to make y'all think that y'all could talk to grown men at their jobs in this manner with no repercussions? Same people from the first segment. I know. I know. No, this whole show is about them. <laughs> this song's about you, baby. <laughs> That's all. And 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 the counterparts that are cool, hey, y'all just listening and laughing. I know. But I know this is getting to one of y'all's soul. I know this is buried deep inside, like, oh, that golf calling me out for all the things that I know are wrong inside of me. Like, what are we doing here, man? Who are these people that go out and heckle athletes still to this day? Like, what are you getting out of it? And then when you get what you want, which is the interaction, you can't wait to, oh, I'm a Sue. Or, oh, this is why I can't stand the athlete of today. You want to know something? The athlete of today has hated the fan like you forever. (laughs) Not just today generations ago and generations before that. Because if we really want to get to where heckling really, really roots and and, and stems from, it's all male inadequacy. That's all it is. (laughs) It's you looking at a more accomplished man or woman (laughs) and thinking to yourself, you know what? I'm having a shitty day. I hope this person has a shitty day because of me. I just I've never understood the 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 psychology behind it. I've never understood why people engage in it. I know it happens, but I've just never quite been able to wrap my head around it. And now that you motherfuckers are getting thrown out of these games and getting snatched up in front of y'all kids and y'all girls, hey man, sign me up. Continue this behavior for me. Because I'll tell y'all something. There have been more than more times than I'd like to admit where I've been in the crosshairs of this kind of activity. I'll never forget Cleveland versus the Cubs, World Series. I believe it was game four we were in Cleveland. It was me and Jay Zawoski. Uh, We were out there doing the show, and this is when I was with Speaks, right? Yeah, 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 this is when I was with Speaks. This is when it was the Spiegel and Golf Show, um, and Jay was our producer. And Jay and I go to the game, you know, Speaks goes and kicks it. You know, he, he he hangs out with the with the baseball media types. So he's up there in the press box doing his thing, getting his baseball on. I'm like, no, nah, let me let me witness this game from the stands. And during the game, a fan who was sitting three seats down from us. Now, mind you, there's a family below me, right? There's a family of four, two girls, a man, and a woman. I'm sitting next to my producer and Jay Zawoski, there is a young man who was two or three seats to our left who begins to throw all of the expletives out there. All of them, I mean. Getting mad at the Cleveland fans because he said that his boys were texting him from home 
saying that the Chicago Cubs fans were louder than the Cleveland fans. So he begins to scream, get the fuck up. Get up. You guys are embarrassing us. Get the fuck up. Get off your fucking asses. Just going ham. And I see this man cringing with his daughters below me. Cringing. Because all they're trying to do is enjoy the game. Now, meanwhile, he's heckling Dexter Fowler, Jason Hayward, you know, all the brothers on the Cubs, just heckling the shit out of them. And at this time, I had had enough. So I look over and I say, hey, man, you're going to have to keep it down. You're cursing. These little girls and this family obviously are uncomfortable. My man, Jason Wosky, was sitting next to me with all the anxiety. You could tell how uncomfortable he was. And then when I piped my black ass up, he was like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. <laughs> the war was about to jump off and Jay was going to have the big sides. <laughs> you feel me? And I'm looking at Jay like, it's all good. Because I knew what type of dude he was. And after he, he puffed his chest out a little bit, I promptly looked at the usher. I said, you need to get him up out of here. They got him up out of here. That man missed a World Series game. This last like three or four innings of the game because he couldn't handle himself enough because his life sucked so bad that he had to. He had to make an ass of himself. He had to be as loud as he possibly could. He had to be as crass as he possibly could. And I feel the same way about y'all out here talking shit to these ball players unnecessarily so. Fun banter back and forth. Cool. Fine. Kevin Durant engages. Listen, there are about 90,000 Kevin Durant videos where he's talking to people on the sidelines. Hell, the game that I went to for my birthday when the Brooklyn Nets were still the Brooklyn Nets a year ago, was it two years ago? Where it was Harden and, and KD and them boys. KD was in there talking to the people on the sidelines the entire game. Some fun stuff, right? Telling dudes to shut up and drink their wine, shit like that. You know, every once in a while, you'll see videos of KD engaging with dudes, telling dudes they ain't got no hands and they're embarrassing their woman. Like, things that make men feel smaller than they already probably are. But man, you dudes out here running around talking shit to these athletes, like, do your thing. Enjoy yourself. You're going to pay for half the game, and that's the best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario, you're going to be face-to-face with somebody who for three hours has been doing their job and listening to you talk shit. So just ease back. Understand, it ain't about you. Y'all the same people that clap at the movie theaters. Y'all the same people that, 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 that can't wait to, you know, boo and do goofy shit when you go to plays. And, you know, hey, man, the show is not about you. When a snapshot of any game is taken, the action shot, whether it's a home run, a body-to-body dunk, right, a a, a 65-yard skinny post, perfectly executed, precision touch pass down the field, you know who you are? One of the dots in the picture. You are one of the, and if the zoom is close, maybe we might be able to make out you wearing a more accomplished man's jersey on your body. But other than that, we don't know who you are. So just remain anonymous. Sit your punk ass down and enjoy the game. Stop making it uncomfortable for everybody in your section, everybody in your row. Hell, the rest of the fans that have allegiance to the same club that you do, knock it off. It's not about you. And I know how much y'all hate exclusivity. Right? <laughs> I know how much y'all hate being told you can't do something, but you're going to mess around and run into one of these athletes who don't know how to control their temper. And it's going to be bad. 
That's why I'm all for. You, you see the dude at Dodger was at Dodger Stadium who proposed and got demolished on the field. I'm all for showing that every time out. Everybody likes to do the whole. Oh, we do. We don't want to show it. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to promote this kind of behavior. We don't want to make. We don't make sure these people understand it. You you're not going to get any fanfare. No 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 no. Show Chad's punk ass getting blown the fuck up by a security guard who got bad feet and an even worse temper. Show it. Show him getting pummeled. Show him getting stomped into wine so y'all understand what the consequences are. Y'all think it's just, you know, for the likes, for the, get, your, get your little story off, or get your little TikTok off, and, you know, you pay your little $500 and you get out of jail for that night. No, 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 no. Show him looking like Willie Lump Lump when he leaves the, the, the catacombs, <laughs> when he leaves the jail underneath the, 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 the field or the stadium. Show that. Because until then, all we're going to get is these self-righteous, sanctimonious-ass fans who can't wait to be a part of the action because they ain't got anything else going on in their lives. And that's all I got to say about that. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. I'm going to keep this one short. The NBA CBA. Uh, 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 y'all, thought, y'all thought it was a joke. <laughs> y'all thought y'all was going to run around and... <laughs> And get these white people's money and not have to play games for it. <laughs> they messed around and put an in-season tournament in that bitch for uh-huh. What is this counterfeit shit that they out here doing? And I, they let y'all smoke weed. And, and on top of that, they let y'all invest in the corporation. Y'all messing around and selling Mary Kay all of a sudden. The NBA done invited y'all to a pyramid scheme. <laughs> y'all don't know it. <laughs> and all y'all wanted was to smoke weed. Get right, out of here. Get y'all traded smoking weed for all your rights. And all you worry about your legacy? Play 65 games. We'll think about it. <laughs> y'all, oh, y'all wanted was weed. Hey, I can't wait to see how the brothers spin this. You're going to have a whole bunch of Drew Holiday games where motherfuckers get in there and foul somebody and go sit their ass back on the bench for the rest of the game. You're going to have Kawhi Leonard out here like, hey, uh, I am on an 18-minute uh, uh, minute restriction, okay? So if you want to parcel this out four, six, <laughs> maybe maybe give me four in the third quarter and then four down the stretch of the game, however you want to do it, coach, because – this shit is going to be hilarious to watch enforced. What? You, 65 games? Okay. All right. And Jay, and, and Jay, they can play that game too, but that counts as a stat. You're gonna play, you're gonna play a game with five minutes with zero points. That that takes down averages. Understood. <laughs> Understood. So they they can play it if they want. Hey, listen, I thought I didn't think there was I didn't think there was as good a shot at this thing getting done right at the deadline and it just flew through and then you started to see the people who had problems with it the Draymond Greens of the world and you know a lot of these dudes who uh feel like they should be getting paid more I mean Draymond hey you put it very very simple and plain yo this team was sold eight months (laughs) before I got drafted now, a decade later, they're worth $8 billion. I think I got something to do with that. And I think my flat salary <laughs> should be changed. What I don't like, though, is the fact that they still kept the one-and-done rule in there. I mean, at some point, we're going to have to start letting these young men make decisions for themselves. 
Um, we let we allowed in every other sport. Uh, there's no reason for Victor Wembanyama to have to play a year of professional basketball anywhere else. There's no reason for Scoot Henderson to have to run around the G League uh, when he's ready to play in the NBA. And you know what? I thought a market correction was coming at the last time we saw this anyway. I mean, y'all saw what happened at the end there before the the one-and-done rule was put in. You know, it went from you got to draft the high school players, we, we, ha- we hate being in high school gyms and all this other stuff, to all of a sudden it being one, maybe two dudes drafted a year. The Robert Swifts of the world really scare people off. Right? The Corleone Youngs of the world and the Lenny Cooks of the world really scared general managers off. And there's not a lot of dudes who can play in the NBA, period. And the game shows you that. So we'll see what the CBA is looking like. But, man, the brothers get a chance to smoke that weed. And Stephen A. Smith, I'm sure, is going to have a field day with that. If, if, listen, the NBA has been high for a very long time. Okay, let's let's not play like that's not the case. And let's also stop playing like weed is this crazy devil drug still. Okay, like you got a whole bunch of people running around out here soaking themselves in malt liquor who 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 look at weed as if it's heroin. It's not. Okay, so so let's let's just get that. Let's that get that clear. There have been a Kevin Durant went on David Letterman show high. Said he was high. So he said, I'm high right now. Is one of the greatest players of not only our generation, but in NBA history. So if it's, if it's cutting down his inflammation and also keeping him at an even keel and even plane, then more power to him. I'd rather him do that than down 30 opioids just so he can get through the day because his pain management isn't high enough, right? I mean, hell, we saw Derrick Rose after the, after the first three years of his career have stomach lining issues and ulcers galore because of how many painkillers he was gobbling to make sure that he could just walk around on a daily basis. So the stigma that that people still have with marijuana, that's fine. You know, I still believe that's some government conspiracy shit. Y'all all tied in with the drug dealers anyway. The drug dealers like, hey man, we gotta knock this shit off. We out here losing money. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, look at the, the corner salesman's like, hey, 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 I, I am voting. Republican. I am making sure that the wacky tobacco stays on the band list because we got to get odd dollars out here too. But if the NBA is cool with weed and also cool with ganking y'all money, knock yourself out. 65 games to get any award, boy, you about to see dudes, you about to see dudes out there on their Willis Reed, boy. <laughs> dudes going to be dragging that leg up and down the court trying to make sure they, they, they get that, that threshold. And this play, this 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 <laughs> this tournament, man, this midseason tournament, hey, man. If you don't get this rinky dink bullshit out of here, like the playing tournament already has me kind of feeling a little off brandish, right? Like this is shit that other leagues do. This ain't nothing that the NBA should have to do, but they have to. And I know the casual date starts on Christmas Day for a lot of people, so they want to make sure that they're catching you before the casual guys and girls get into the sport. But, man, we're doing a lot right now. It, it, it's, we're going to get to relegation here soon. We're going to have to mess around and start looking at that. All right, the Houston Rockets got to play in the G League because they didn't win enough games this year. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get to some real Premier League type shit here soon. So um, shout out to the NBA and the NBA's owners because. We all know nothing gets done until the owners say that they're okay with it. 
And the owners have been looking at how y'all have been comporting yourselves for the last half a decade and came through and just gave you a little, you know, a little spatula right on the hand. Like, oh, get your hand out that pot. <laughs> that pot ain't for you. And wait till them streaming numbers come. Wait till they bust this Amazon slash Apple move. Huh? You're going to wish you gonna wish you held out for your weed. You, <laughs> you're going to wish you was hitting the bottle then, boy. <laughs> Brother's going to be like, hey, man, I can switch over to meth if need be because this shit is ridiculous. <laughs> you know how much money they making? <laughs> can you imagine they come to the bargaining table? It was like, all right, players, what you got? Yeah. Well, yeah. number one on our docket, uh, we, want, we want weed outlawed. Take it out. <laughs> You're going to have somebody hit the crack pipe right at the conference room table. Like, I don't need weed. You <laughs> sure? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, negotiations all about the leverage you do or don't have. And uh, I think we know what the case was with this one. It's the full go, That's all the time we have for episode 227 of the Full Go Podcast. I apologize if Jack A. Harry or Marla Gibbs weren't a part of this thing or Regina King, but we got Tony Gill back. So there you go. Shout out to our production staff. As always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the active Jesse Lopez, and my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thanking you so much for downloading this thing, for subscribing to this thing, for sharing it, for rating and reviewing it giving it the five stars that you know it needs. If not, we're going to see you in the streets. Don't forget, we will be back on Tuesday talking a little baseball with you. We'll wrap up the men's Final Four because, boy, that should be a barn burner, huh? Huh? Who's ready for San Diego State versus UConn? I know I am. And, of course, our voicemail line is always open for you, 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. All right, we'll talk to you all on Tuesday. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember, stay sucker free.